Well, I guess you just have to be prepared to die. Well, what? Cell phones, pay attention. I tell you, you start counting five like a sucker. Well, I started about eight years ago, it's been a mm -hmm. while. Um, I kind of got into like some mild fetish shoots first and then kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. But it's been a, it's been a fun, a fun eight years. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Eight years. That's so for sure. I mean, eight years, like at that point, you're basically a veteran. Yeah. I'm, I'm an OG. Most people like, <laughs> most people only last one or two years and then they move on to something else yeah. or they retire um but i really enjoy myself yeah. and uh this job offers me a lot of freedom in my life that i wouldn't have in a, like a regular day job i guess so i really enjoy it and i'm gonna make it last as long as i can what do you think you would be doing if you hadn't got involved in like gotten into the adult film industry? I actually had a couple of plans. I was going to college and I started getting my degree in stage management. And then I realized that you don't actually need to get a degree to be a stage manager. Um, and I kind of changed my mind on that career path anyway. So I got, I finished my degree in communications and, uh, yeah. And I still like really didn't have a solid plan with that. Mm -hmm. And I tried searching for some entry level jobs and like everything paid shit and was just not fun, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I decided to keep going with adult film and adult work and yeah. it, it pays better than most entry level jobs. And it's way more fun, it has a lot more freedom. Yeah, so, I would imagine. I mean, so what got you, what, what <laughs> got you what involved? Like what got you involved in the beginning? Like how did you kind of make that transition? Um, well, so I started, I started doing porn when I was still in college mm -hmm. and like I was working like three jobs in college and yeah. really just struggling. Like I was working retail, I was working at a coffee shop, and I had like a note taking job through the disability office at the school. And it was just, it was just too much. And I, I was also doing like some modeling gigs on the side, and I got offered some fetish work, and it paid way better than the like runway shows and things that I was doing before. Yeah. And it was fun. It was fun work. And so I tried it out and really enjoyed myself. And then I was able to not work three jobs while in college as a full-time student. Um, yeah. So it really helped me actually be able to finish college because that was a really heavy burden I was dealing with. Yeah. What was so the, it, like, it, what? It helped me a lot. Yeah. What was the fetish work? Like, I mean, 
like specifically like what were you doing well it all started with a latex runway show because i was doing a lot of like small time runway shows in san francisco and i got booked for a latex runway show and that was really fun and i enjoyed it so it was the first time i'd ever worn latex and I enjoyed it so much that I actually bought the outfit that I wore in the show and wore it home. <laughs> um, and I kind of developed a fetish for latex from there. And okay. that kind of evolved into like latex fetish photo shoots. And then uh, I started doing like uh, foot fetish shoots and tickle tickling videos yeah. and wrestling videos yeah and i had someone that was willing to train me for the wrestling videos and i really had fun with that and then eventually i ended up getting booked for ultimate surrender from people i knew through the wrestling fetish stuff and then once i was in the armory at kink i was in yeah so yeah i've seen i mean i guess probably <laughs> most it all of kind the of started with the wrestling i guess yeah yeah i mean i've seen the wrestling fetish videos that you it's did there it's interesting yeah. like i don't like i guess i kind of get it like i try to be decently open-minded about like fetishes um and like that one i kind of get but it's just fascinating it's more interesting yeah. to me than it is like um like a turn on you know like i'm, I'm more just fascinated by it the wrestling stuff is fun man it's like and it's so popular like you would be surprised how popular it is and yeah. the fans are die hard they're like they're like real sports fans um yeah. i really miss the days back when they used to shoot ultimate surrender at the armory they used to have live matches where we would have a live audience and it was just wild it was so crazy and it was byob too so everybody was super rowdy <laughs> and like it, the adrenaline yeah. from that was so crazy damn like is it i mean i don't want to say it like fake i mean i guess it is but like how like how much work are you putting into it you know what i mean well ultimate surrender and evolved fights are a hundred percent competitive they're like okay. back in the day we actually used to get paid more for ultimate surrender if we won so like it was it was a big deal to try yeah. to win um now ariel pays us the same rate because sometimes things get too competitive and people get hurt um yeah. but it's still very competitive that nothing is scripted about it um i mean like parts of the sex scene are scripted but the yeah. wrestling itself is as it is it's mm -hmm. real and raw yeah and that's that's what makes it fun like i've done shoots for other companies that were scripted wrestling and it's awkward like it's hard to script that i guess yeah it's stunt work you know <laughs> versus just doing the thing yeah 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 no that actually i mean it makes sense were you nervous at first like whenever you actually like make the transition from just doing like some modeling to actually making like porn did you have any kind of like second, like, you know, kind of doubts like, oh, I wonder, should I really do this? Or were you pretty confident in it, like even at the beginning? I mean, I was definitely a little bit nervous. I did have some, oops, my dogs. I did have some experience wrestling in high school. Mm -hmm. um, but 
I also, I had someone that was helping me train in the beginning. So that really helped me build up the confidence to do it. Yeah. Um, I also, once I really started getting into it, I started taking a couple of jujitsu classes here and there and like actually learning what I was doing instead of just winging it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And those, that really helped me out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but was there, was there any kind of like hesitation as far as like, oh my God, like if I make this video, it's going to be out forever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do you have like any of those thoughts? Like, okay, like this isn't like yeah. a reversible thing. I mean, yeah. Um, well, so in the beginning, the before I started shooting for Ultimate Surrender, a lot of the wrestling stuff I was doing was, wasn't even nude. So it was just... Yeah just wrestling like bikini wrestling um and i was more concerned about getting hurt <laughs> or even yeah. being bruised because i was still doing other modeling work at that time yeah. um i was more concerned about that but once i started getting into like the nude stuff and the sex scenes um mm -hmm. like it was it was intimidating but i also knew like i was never going to have a career in politics or anything like that and I'm not ashamed of it and yeah like my family doesn't really care what I do as long as I'm safe so mm -hmm. like it wasn't a huge deal to transition into the nude stuff but it mm -hmm. was definitely like a major life decision because it's not going away <laughs> yeah for sure that's that's what I mean like I feel like you have to be a pretty it's definitely well, I mean like you have to be that? a pretty like I would think you have to be a pretty confident person going into it, you know, because it is a, I mean, it's a pretty big decision to make. So like you, I would imagine you would have to be very, like someone who's very confident in their decisions. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when I first started, I used to watch every single one of my scenes after it came out and I, yeah. <laughs> I realized that like I used to make the weirdest sex faces <laughs> also <laughs> and yeah. like I had to sort of learn how to do things for the camera instead of just going for it you know okay. I had to learn how to like make things look good also right, so that right. was definitely a huge learning curve um <laughs> cuz it's it's a lot different from like a regular photo shoot or like a runway show when you're wrestling somebody or you're fucking somebody like it's you sometimes forget what you're doing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. forget that there's a camera there i guess yeah but that's probably kind of a good thing though like you probably fun. don't want to be you probably don't want to be too aware of the fact that you're being filmed right well, i think you know what i mean like like you probably don't want to be just like overly aware that you're being filmed. You know what I mean? Like you probably want yeah. it to be, to be able to be kind of like a release from it. Yeah. <laughs> to some extent you kind of have to be able to like zone out and ignore the camera. Like yeah. another hard thing is not looking into the camera <laughs> when they're like right here. Cause it just kind of breaks the magic in some shoots, mm -hmm. especially with wrestling. Like you really have to learn how to ignore the camera and yeah. it's hard when they're like right up your butthole <laughs> <laughs> yeah
Yeah, I but can. But you have to learn to zone out and get into it. Yeah. <laughs> you like? Are there people that you feel have misconceptions about Definitely you? Definitely help me get over some of my shyness, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that there are people that have like a like a misconception about you because of your you know career choice? There's definitely, there's definitely a lot of stigma around it. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know. I surround myself with loving, caring people that have similar interests. So yeah. I think that's really the thing. Um, I have had a lot of issues in the past where, like, my like my ex's friends would have weird conversations as soon as they find out what I do. And hold on, I have to plug my computer in. Oops. And uh, I had I had a couple of situations where um hold on. There we go. I had a couple of situations where like as soon as my ex's friends would find out what I do, they would have all these weird questions, or they would have like really weird stories of their own to tell me, and they would think that I want to know all their business. <laughs> and that's probably the weirdest part for me. Like I can handle, I can, I can handle the weird questions, but sometimes people tend to like super overshare when I first meet them and they first find out. And yeah it gets, it gets really uncomfortable. Like, I've had like a bartender that I just met tell me all of his fetishes and like, it just makes interactions kind of awkward. And like, I think the hardest part is sometimes people can't recognize that I am a whole rounded human and not yeah. just a sex object. And like, sure. I am not my job, you know? Like my job is fun and I enjoy it, but I also, there are other parts of my personality and I am a whole human and (laughs) I don't always want to talk about work when I'm like out at a bar, just hanging out, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think people do that with a lot. That's that's probably the hardest part for me. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I think people do that with a lot of jobs. Cause if you think of like, you know, if somebody tells you that, that, um, that they're a doctor people immediately start saying well hey i have this lump uh right here can you look at it like they or they're like exactly. oh you know, i haven't been i think i might have restless leg syndrome like they'll <laughs> they'll just start like you know rattling exactly. off all their problems but i but it's because or, they don't or people know. will like assume that i'm just like some yeah or yeah people will just, just assume that i'm sort of sex crazed sex addict and I just want to fuck everybody and it's like no dude like I want to put on my onesie and watch some Netflix like (laughs) yeah (laughs) I'm a whole person yeah but it's it's because like porn is such a community it gets a little weird sometimes but yeah well I think people just have a hard time distinguishing like fantasy from real life so they see you or like, you know, anybody that's in porn and they like, it's difficult for them to separate exactly. the fact that when they see you in a video, like that's a fantasy version of you. Like there's, there may be yeah. some things that are like 
real about you in those videos but for the most part like you're putting on a show one not everything they see in the video is even my choice like i'm i'm showing up to do a job <laughs> and mm -hmm. often it's the director telling me what they need me to do for the day um yeah. and like i outside of my work when i'm off the clock i don't just exist to fulfill sexual fantasies you know like <laughs> yeah. i i need to be able to turn it off for sure <laughs> sometimes yeah and just be me so so whenever you go so, to set, so so whenever you go to set yeah i mean are you aware of what you're gonna so you're not aware of what you're gonna be doing until you're there um it depends usually what happens is i'll get an email with a booking request form when they mm -hmm. book me and so it's kind of like it's kind of like booking an acting gig where yeah. they email you and say, okay, this is the job that we have available for you. Are you available this date, this time for these specific things? And usually like, usually the information I get is like who my scene partner is and what kind of sex acts are expected or if there's any sort of fetish element. Um, I don't usually know like the whole scene unless there's a script involved. Um, and there have been some days where the director just texts me and, and says, hey, can you shoot with this person this day? And that's all I know. Um, and there have been a couple times that I've been screwed over that way, too, when I've shown up to set and it was something that I was not totally comfortable with and I had to negotiate that. Or there have been a couple times where I shot a scene that I thought I was comfortable with and then they named it something weird after the fact and I had to like yell at them about that. Um, so I am working with a group to sort of standardize the booking request forms so we can have like, I don't just so the way that kink does it or did it before they changed their whole business model back when they were shooting in the armories they had a standardized booking request form with all of the information so it was date time uh what site you were shooting for who you were shooting with what specific sex acts were expected um and just all, every bit of information they had and it was the most like thorough booking request form that i've received to date and so I'm working on trying to come up with something like that, that we can sort of make the industry standard instead of having all sorts of miscommunications. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> it gets weird sometimes when not all the information is communicated in advance. Yeah, that, mm. well, it's good that, you know, that you're working on having it kind of standardized because it's, that's not, like a great position to put someone in and everybody has their own personal limits like you can't just assume somebody's going to be okay with something and it mm -hmm. has to be communicated in advance and if you wait until the person shows up on set to negotiate those things it can get really uncomfortable especially considering we're often like traveling like if i fly down to la for a shoot i want to know before i get there if there's going to be some weird stuff that i'm not cool with yeah so it, so what it, it can get a little uncomfortable so we're we're working on standardizing that and doing better yeah so what are you like what are some limits that you have that 
you are like, I'm not wavering from this. These are limits that I have made for myself. Like, do you have any that just come to mind? I mean, so most performers have a no list of people that they will not work with. Um, and it's either like someone you just don't necessarily get along with or you had a bad experience with that person or you're just not comfortable with them for whatever reason so there's that and then um uh for me personally i don't do race play i don't do any sort of racialized scenarios um i'm just not comfortable with it at all and like I I'm happy to shoot with any person of any race but I just yeah. if the scenario of the scene is about someone's race I don't want to do it um yeah and like everything else for me is pretty negotiable <laughs> yeah. um race plays kind of like the one hard limit um I also don't really like nipple clamps <laughs> I had to learn that one the hard way yeah. <laughs> same the clover clamps that they use at kink like always leave scars so i don't really do nipple clamps anymore but it depends on the kind though the kind with the little rubber tips are fine yeah okay and I, I know one girl she was like mentioning her no list on set i was we were doing a, a femdom scene and i was topping her and her no list was so funny it had like the most random shit like no dog food <laughs> it's like what? who fed you dog food <laughs> like what transpired for this to have to be mentioned <laughs> you know yeah. but yeah, like you know that sometimes just just, nowhere like <laughs> yeah but i guess she had a gluten allergy and someone tried to feed her dog food within a scene and she ended up getting sick <laughs> Oh my god. And it's like, okay. well, I guess it's good to know, you know. It's you true, yeah. Your limits. Yeah. <laughs> she wanted to so go get their own limits. Yeah. Damn. That is good god. So whenever you do like cuz <laughs> I, mean, I know a lot of your scenes are like the kind of the femdom like where you are dominant. Like is there like what is like the empowerment that you because there's got to be some empowerment that you're getting from that right oh man i love it um so <laughs> i always say that getting into bdsm helped me be a nicer person <laughs> okay. um i used to be a very angry person and mm -hmm getting into BDSM so not just in shoots but I also like trained under a professional and like was doing sessions and the whole thing when I first started um and just getting proper training and understanding like the philosophies behind BDSM and understanding like the power exchange of it and mm -hmm. the power dynamics sort of helped me compartmentalize my own feelings i guess and my own reactions to things and feel more in control of my own actions and um it sort of gave me an outlet to express different uh emotions and actions and needs 
that was safe and fun and enjoyable for everyone involved. And it sort of gave me a range of things I can do that are fun for me, <laughs> I guess, um, instead of just like exploding sometimes. Yeah. It gave me a sense of control. And it's, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's interesting because it's, I mean, I think the average person, if they just heard, you know, look at like a BDSM on like a surface level, they don't really know too much about it. They would not come to that conclusion. Yeah. Like it's the same way that people look at, um, like if you're a fan of like yeah. heavy metal, like I'm a huge fan of like heavy metal music. So yeah. people just assume that that means I'm angry all the time but i'm not <laughs> I listen to heavy metal music no like, you let it out it. in the mosh pit and then you go home <laughs> exactly but it's it's the people that like are just looking at it from this like um outside surface level where they're like oh my god you must be like a violent be a mean person because you listen to this crazy music but if i wasn't listening to this music i probably would be a violent like crazy person and I think BDSM is probably exactly similar to that. It, it gives you an outlet to sort of process your own thoughts and feelings and needs and desires, you know, and I like I love. I think one of my favorite things, um, especially with like the online domination and the sessioning that I used to do, mm -hmm. I love mind fuckery and having a like reasonable consensual way to play with that okay is yeah. so much fun for me <laughs> um yeah. to be able to like figure someone out and get in their head and tease them without even needing to touch them necessarily is just so yeah. much fun for me and having like an outlet for that is a lot healthier <laughs> for me yeah well because you're doing it with someone who wants it to happen i yeah. like honestly getting into the industry and specifically getting into bdsm has also taught me a lot that i didn't understand before about consent and uh negotiating boundaries and like mm -hmm. i I was better able to understand my own boundaries. I'm better able to understand how to negotiate other people's boundaries. I'm better able to like negotiate what other people do and don't want <laughs> and yeah. work around that. And it's sort of given me the language to deal with those situations that yeah. I didn't have before. And like, I feel like a lot of sex education is so vague and weird that yeah. people just kind of dive right into their own romantic lives and don't really know what they're doing and i think through my training in bdsm i am able to say okay these are the things i do and don't like these are the things you do and don't like let's figure out how we're compatible yeah and i can just spill it all out or put it on a form you know yeah for sure yeah exactly do you think that that porn can be used as like an educational tool or is it too much of a fantasy? 
I think it depends on the porn, I guess. Um, I have definitely been involved in some projects that are designed to be educational, um, Mm -hmm. where it's like an explicit demonstration of how to do things. Like I have done like anal classes and um, I've worked on fisting demos and things like that. I think that there can be a place for explicit education and I think it's important to have those resources available for people that really want the details of how to do the thing um but I think that porn is not meant to replace regular sex education like it's still it's designed to be entertainment kind of like movies and tv it's mm-hmm. you're supposed to learn from your own experiences and the experiences of those around you and it's not like porn for entertainment is not designed to be educational i guess but there yeah. is porn that is, is designed to be educational right right yeah exactly for sure yeah that's that's very interesting so I have a few like quick questions before I before I let you go. Uh, first, um, who was your like childhood crush? Oh, you know, <laughs> so when I was a kid, I discovered that some fashion magazines had boobs in them, <laughs> and I had the biggest crush on Giselle, the supermodel, and. Yeah, yeah. and I even got a subscription to Harper's Bazaar when I was a teenager because it was the one with the most boobs in it. <laughs> yeah. That was like my thing when I was younger. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> so funny. I, yeah, I always had no a huge No one ever knew. <laughs> no. I was, no, I always had a huge crush on uh, Naomi Campbell. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. Still. Gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And what... she's, she's like in her 50s now, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure she's probably like in her mid-50s by now and still looks gorgeous. the exact same. So what, what right. do you think? That's right. She's like preserved. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. So what to you is like the sexiest accent? Oh, I, hmm, that's a good one. I don't know. I like a lot of different accents. Um, huh. I did just change my, my Siri voice to be an Indian lady. And that one's pretty cool. Um, I like that a lot better than the default voice. Um, But I don't know if there's like a specific accent. I don't know. Mm. Maybe Italian. Italian's Mm. pretty hot. It's a good one. Some Spanish accents are hot. Yeah. I don't know. I I think for me, it's more about the tone of voice. Mm Mm-hmm like certain people just have like 
I kind of like gravelly voices, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a really smooth, deep voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I like a lot of different voices. <laughs> I get really into audiobooks and it's all about who's reading it for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's I'm all about who's reading it for me. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm very like auditory. So like I pick up on a person's like accent or their voice or tone. And that's always like a huge turn on for me. If it's, you know, like an accent or a tone that is something that I'm turned on by. But yeah, I'm with you. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like there's all kinds of them, but like I can't narrow mine down to one. Maybe German. Yeah. I think like women with German accents like is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I took a German class in college and the <laughs> professor's assistant was like this hot young German chick who was like a DJ on the weekends and she she was so hot and had the best accent. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a good one for sure. All right, if you could do if you could film a scene with any celebrity, who would it be? Oh, I always, oh, you know what? What the fuck is her name? Um, I always forget her name. Uh, she was in like Clerks and Sin City 2. Rosario Dawson. And, uh, Rosario Dawson, yes. <laughs> I would fuck the shit out of Rosario Dawson. <laughs> That's a good one. Holy shit. Her and uh, Michelle Rodriguez also. Oh, really? <laughs> From Fast and the Furious? Michelle Rodriguez looks like she knows her way around a strap-on. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Shit, she probably has one like... Mario Dawson looks like a bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then uh, last one. If you could do like a porn parody of any movie, what would it be? Oh, man, I've done some weird ones already. <laughs> um, I think I think Cherry 2000 would be a fun parody. I don't know if that one's been done yet. Yeah. What's that? Or Cherry 2000. So yeah. it was like an 80s movie. Um, it was a really funny one. This guy. So it's in a world where, where people have really realistic sex dolls that look and behave like real people. And they okay. kind of like fit into society. Um, and this guy is like, he has his sex doll that's like his partner and he accidentally gets her wet and she breaks and he has to like go find these parts for her to bring her back to life or whatever. And so he has to go find uh, this tracker to take him to this like desolate wasteland to go find these sex doll parts. And uh it's it's kind of like Mad Max with sex dolls, <laughs> I guess. 
<laughs> like it's a weird fucking movie but is, it's is begging it not, to be made into a porno <laughs> is it not a porno because it it's kind not of a porn porn. It's, it's a real movie it's oh. a real movie <laughs> it's definitely not a porn but it should be you should do I one think, of i think it, you should do one of uh heathers have you ever seen that heathers oh my god I love Heathers. <laughs> do you have anything that you'd like to promote or anything like that where people can follow you? They can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Daisy Ducati or on OnlyFans. Um, I'm Daisy Ducati on there. Um, and DaisyDucati.com is my new merch store. I'm going to be uploading some new designs soon there. And yeah, check me out. I'm all over the internet. <laughs> Well, I guess you just have to be prepared to die. Well, what? Pay attention. Get off your cell phones. Pay attention. Talk down and fly like a sucker.